Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of Jesus, here is a man who believes he is Jesus. Uh, he's, uh, he's very, very funny. He's worked in radio, uh, does his own podcast called uh, Listen on Somebody's, and he is also a comedian. Please welcome up the incredible Simi Aref. Hello, Simi. Welcome. This gig could go horribly wrong right now. <laughs> it really could. It really could. I, I kind of hope it does, though. Nothing is, nothing is pointing into a good direction right yeah. now. I'm just like, look, I'm looking around at every... That guy got an eye patch. <laughs> that guy got the pirate beard. <laughs> like Someone's getting fucked up, is yeah, what you're saying. Right? Like, there's, there's a high chance. Uh, I know, I know. But look, the thing is, I got you here because you caught that kind of trouble, though. Like, yeah. it's one of the things that you've done your entire career. I mean, the first... Your first one-man show, yeah. you, you pissed off basically the entire Muslim community, right? Well, I pissed off the very conservative part right. of the Muslim communi- community, and more specifically their halal authority. But it was really good for you because you, like, nobody knew who you were. Then you put, hey. this, little, like, <laughs> you put this little stamp on your poster that kind of looked like uh, the logo. South African National Halal Authority's uh, a logo. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but it said, ha-ha, lol. Yeah. <laughs> Because Genius gags, bro. Because Genius you're a comedian, gags, you know? Yeah. Not, not everybody has all this humor in Because you're in a them. comedian. And then they didn't think it was so ha-ha lol. No. They sent you a lawyer's letter. Yeah. And they were like, burn all your yeah. posters. Do you know what the lawyer's name was? No. Michael Jackson. Do you know? <laughs> Do you know I was 25 at the time. Have you ever been like in your emails? I have a Yahoo account. Bear in mind. So I'm not even like, I don't expect important emails. But when I saw the king of pop come through my mail <laughs> server, I was like, fuck, I can't believe he's alive. I always knew it. He didn't just come through your mail server. He came through your mail server and threatened you with like <laughs> yeah. suing. But yeah. they, you know, they made like the craziest threats, like things that don't make sense. Like they wanted me to go on to everybody that posted the picture and they wanted me to delete it. I was like, I can delete it off my stuff, yeah. but I don't know how to stop it. It's on the internet now, dog. What are you going to do? The, the thing that made you properly famous was that you didn't delete yeah. it. You, yeah. actually, you actually sent them a counter lawyer's letter and you told yeah. them to go and fuck themselves. Yeah, and they still haven't responded to this. Uh, oh, so, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah so well, that, that's what I was about to ask you because yeah. I didn't hear about anything no, after that. No, I call the bluff. You see, the thing is with like, I find sometimes with Muslim people, especially like in South Africa, especially the conservative ones, they, they're bullies. They bully people. So they look at this person like, we can bully this guy. I've got to be honest, Simi, I don't think the Muslims need like another stereotype. You know? <laughs> like, I think a bully is a better stereotype than yeah, a like, terrorist. Okay, right, <laughs> like, yeah, let's create this on my podcast. Yeah. Let's, you know. I was like, I'd rather know like a Muhammad to scare me at school and take my lunch <laughs> than for him to come from like Azadville and blow me up. You know? I wouldn't want that. <laughs> but then, but then As a Muslim person, I was like, no, I would fucking bully the shit out of you if that was an option. <laughs> But then, but then, right, so, so then you did your show, and it was, like, not the, sh- the show was a resounding failure, am I right? No, it was too, it was too sold Sorry, out. Sorry, I, I was just assuming you. by your career. <laughs> like, I was just no, it was great, because it was two sold-out nights. We, got, we, need, we need to address the blonde lady over there who's been super loud. Yo, Lucky, great set, but your friend. <laughs> Shops. Now, rein her in. 
Love you. <laughs> Don't let me become a bully. Okay, no. Okay, <laughs> no, right. So basically, both the nights were sold out, which is great. Joburg Theatre in the Fringe, they have a 240-seater, right? But they asked if I would like to put in like 15 extra seats, okay. which I did. And then those also sold. But it's very weird. I think, I think most of the people that came that night... Um, f- fans, but you see with Muslim people, they don't bring like, it's not just them, they don't come out like how you guys will come out by themselves. If a Muslim girl is coming out tonight, best believe her father and her mother are coming with her, but they're just sitting at the table at the back there watching you. So like you'd get it like a, f- a girl who's a fan, but like have their mother and father and the very conservative uncle in a four seat, <laughs> you know, it's just like waiting for me to say something bad going, come on. Please, I'm waiting for you. And they stroke their beard at the same time. So it's you don't think they were there because they were expecting it to be ha ha lol. No, I think they were, ex- <laughs> they were expecting famous Muslim comedian Riyad Musa, and they got super funnier comedian Semi Arab. So <laughs> Th- thank you for saying that. Contra- <laughs> no, thank you for saying that controversial thing about Riyad Musa. It's going to really help my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can see the tweet now. Right. Adrian Musa, did you hear what Simi Aras said? That's Retweet right. for help. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> listen to this. That's at least one listener, Riyad Musa. Um. <laughs> but for serious advice, bro, if you hashtag Free Palestine, 20 listeners, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Well, now I can. Thanks okay. for saying that. I appreciate that. All right. Now, one of the things I like to do is I like to ask what I call first date questions, which are, are questions that, that I've never I been like on a to, first date with yeah, you. Yeah. Well, these are these are things I like to ask on a first date, so I don't want you to miss out. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, have you ever been arrested? Yes and no. <laughs> okay. Tell me. Tell me. Okay. We did a gig on this road. In fact, right there was a, uh, I think it was called Gin. It was like two premises down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there was a it was a comedy night that night, and it was great because. Everybody had a good time, and we all got paid like 400 rand each, right? And yeah, things money. got out of hand. And I don't generally admit this, but I was, I was a bit uh, intoxicated. And uh, I decided to drive home, and the police pulled me over right over here. <laughs> and as they pulled me over, they asked me if I'd been drinking. And I was like, sir, take me to the police station now. I do not want to <laughs> fight with you. I do not want to fight with you. And he, so he took me out of my car, and I was with uh, Robbie Collins, who was also drunk at the same time. Okay. <laughs> he can't hear you. <laughs> so the cl- that one person clap, which made it feel way more awkward than usual. <laughs> so and Robbie's like, no, 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 don't worry. How much do you have for a bribe? And I was like, officer, I've got four hundred rand. My friend also has four hundred rand. In total, we have eight hundred rand. Do you want all of it? And he's like, yes. And Robbie's like, what the fuck are you doing, dog? <laughs> we don't need this. So we gave him the money, and then as we're driving away. Robbie's like, well, fuck those guys. I still kept a hundred bucks, so we <laughs> sorted. <laughs> so yeah, so I was half arrested, half not arrested. Good, you, okay. know? <laughs> you know, you know. Why does steam come out of my vagina? Your vagina. Why does steam come out of my vagina? Stop, stop gender stereotyping. Well, this. because your body has an internal body heat of like thirty-seven or like thirty-six point five, which is fucking hot if you think about it. That's like a normal day in Durban. So I'm just a. <laughs> I'm assuming that's not steam. That's just the poignant rain that comes out of a vagina from Durban. Wonderful. That's, that question came thanks to Yahoo Questions. Like, you must see the answers that are on there. They're a lot more disturbing than yours. Yeah, I would, I would imagine they would have worked it out better than I did at least. <laughs> Do midgets have night vision? They got dick vision, bro. <laughs> at that height, you just seem dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about your podcast because other podcasts exist. You mean Africa's eighth best podcast? Yeah. Uh, the whole of Africa. Yeah, I think you're number 51 this week. No, Africa's... I'm actually third <laughs> on iTunes. I'm third on South African iTunes. The biggest... Pro, the, big, the bigger... Way, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The, the only problem is that I chose the slogan without the stats out, which was the first mistake. You should never do that. So now I can't change the slogan. Even though I'm third, I just have to keep on saying, Africa's eighth best podcast and Anele's favorite radio station. So, hey, <laughs> that's what I do now. But now what you do is you interview people that people haven't heard of. Yeah, right? I interviewed like, you. and I Twice. <laughs> yeah, this twice. Is what I, this, this is what I want to talk about. You've interviewed uh, me twice and released me nuns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're too white for the podcast, dog. I just want to... <laughs> Every single time, I, the, the first time I interviewed you, it was at a cafeteria, right? Yeah. And there was just a lot of noise from cars. I know, I know what you told and me. And the second time you had, you, you, I interviewed you, you, uh, you had to leave earlier, so you were in a rush when we were, doing, uh, when we were interviewing you because, uh, I don't know, you locked like, your wife inside the house with your newborn baby, <laughs> and she was upset with you, yeah, yeah. And, you and I was basically like, so you're going to be a bitch, that's what you're going to do, yeah. And, yeah, and that's the reason why you left the I interview. Thought it, I, I, <laughs> thought, I thought you didn't release them because halfway through you start flirting outrageously with me, and by the end we're making out. Is that not like... <laughs> you're the one with the vagina and the steam problem, right? I'm just... <laughs> I'm just you implying. are the one with the vagina and the steam problem. I just want to make everybody know that if that was the truth, <laughs> I would fuck him. <laughs> it I wouldn't just, be the other way around. I just want to imply to this audience that some mad shit might go down here. You know, okay. like, <laughs> one of the things you also do is you, you, do, you used to do an alternative commentary for the cricket. Yeah. Like, and you're still on your Twitter. You're quite big yeah. on every single one of the South African games. And you even get the South African cricket players to talk to you. Yeah, I do, but not in a nice way. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice. Like, like, a lo- like, I go to the crickets, and my, my thing is that the cricket that I because I love cricket. Like, if I wasn't Muslim, I would believe in cricket as my religion, you know? And like Hashim Amla would be my prophet at that moment in time. <laughs> but like, it's like they, sometimes I feel cricketers take their job too seriously. So like, when I think about it, like I go to the cricket and people like, we call upon Imran to give us a wave, give us a wave. It's such a boring war cry. But for me, I'm like, we call upon Imran to give us a dab, give us a dab. And there's nothing funnier than seeing a guy do a dab at third man. It just <laughs> makes me feel with joy. But I am hosting the Cricket South Africa Awards uh, in May this year. So. That's amazing. No, I, I saw that you, you called on Shamsi to talk to you. You were like, yeah. please talk to me, Shamsi. And he was like, and then yes. he was just like, I'm talking to you now. It's happened. Now leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically. But he's a cool guy, that guy. Because yeah. uh, we have the same body shape, so I reckon I could, I could out-bowl him and out-bat him. I just think he's in a lucky position to be where he is, you know? Yeah, you just haven't been given you the know, chance. Yeah, I haven't been given the chance. I blame the quota system <laughs> of my parents. <laughs> Let's take this slightly more seriously. Um, you've, got, you've got a lot of opinions about comedy, like a lot of yeah. quite strong, weird opinions yeah. about comedy. Um, like you, you say, for instance, that once you've done a one-man show in South African comedy, that's it. There's nowhere to go, right? Like that's. I think it's once you do. Okay, I want everybody to understand this because I don't think audience members understand it enough. If I had to ask you guys, how many times have you guys been to comedy in your life? Maybe three or four times. You see, you see. So it's not. A, we don't have the striving scene that we believe we actually have. So when you, you know. Thank you. <laughs> it's very weird because it's like his eye is covered in cotton. It's like, it's fucking pathetic, dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, so you, we don't have a thriving scene and stuff. And when you do a one-man show, a one-man show is such a big thing. If you think about it, the Chappelle's of the world, Chappelle has done three and two came out this year. Right. So it's like, that's his one-man show. So you do a one-man show, you sell the one-man show, 
and then you go back to doing the comedy clubs again. And but, you just rinse and repeat. There's nothing how is new that, in how it. How is that different to any comedian anywhere else in the world? How is uh, that different to any entertainer all, at all? First of all, in South Africa, you can't tour your one-man show other than three cities. Right. You can try. You can try go to PE and no one knows you and then you do like 20 people there. That's not a one-man show. It's like that's just a waste of time. So no one puts effort into it. And like what I, what I don't like is that so people do... I did Joburg Durban. And then I'm, I'm over here on a Thursday with you now. It yeah. didn't change my life. You know, yeah. it's just like overseas, you notice such a different thing. Like people tour their shows for eight months of the year, five nights of a week. Yet here we'll do a weekend once a year. And maybe you walk away with 40,000 rand if you're charging at a good amount. 40,000 rand divided by 12 months. That's what I make in comedy in general. 40,000 divided by 12 months. You see? So now I must try to survive on that. So we don't survive on that. What we do, we, do, we go back to the comedy clubs. But comedy clubs are like this, where we get paid a grand a night. So I, I, I land up making more money from doing these things than I do from the one thing that every comedian wants to do, which is a one-man show. So the ceiling is too short here. So how are you going to fix that? Fuck you guys, I'm out. <laughs> like, uh, if I had, you know... It's tougher to think about how to fix it. I can, only, uh, I can only do the things that I can do to think to make it better. So like when you do a one-man show, instead of doing three nights to 250 people, you do three weeks in an 80-seater. You know, it's different because at least then you're like, I, get to, I, I become better doing the show all the time. And it's your show. You get known for that. We do too many ensembles. That's our problem. We do too many ensemble shows and we make money from that instead of doing what we should be doing comedy for, which is by ourselves. Right, okay. So is the Hunger Games based on a real thing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't remember the movie. That's the one with Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. I love Jennifer Lawrence. I met her once. Yeah. In in a lift. uh, I was in Montreal in 2015 and I met Jennifer Lawrence in a lift. She's one of the most beautifully short people I've ever met. Right? (laughs) By meter, do you mean that you stood awkwardly in the corner no, of the lift? No, and no, no. <laughs> I was already... Uh, first of all, I believed it was my lift because I got in first. Okay. Then the, it stopped at two floors below me and Jennifer Lawrence walked in with his big bodyguard and my mind went Jennifer Lawrence and my mouth went, ooh, mamacita, Jennifer Lawrence, what are you doing here? Do you think there was a moment where she thought, I have to get in this lift, it's a Muslim guy and I don't want to no. look racist, I'm going to get in the lift. <laughs> no, and I was like, Jennifer Lawrence, and she's like, yes, I was like, I'm such a big fan. And then she's like, oh, that's so cute. I was like, can I give you a hug? Because I'm a hugging person. And we, we hugged. Also creepy. No, also, you're a creepy we, person. It was a, it was a brilliant <laughs> hug. Because at that moment in time, I realized I knew more about Jennifer Lawrence than she knew about me. Because like six months before, the fappening occurred. You guys remember what that was? When all the famous people's nudes were leaked online. And I had seen 13 different nudes of Jennifer Lawrence, so I knew what her titties are like. <laughs> she, she didn't know nothing about me as a person. I'm pretty I'm sure <laughs> she knew what your, what your erection felt like pushing into her thigh. <laughs> I'm really sure. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that's how that worked. No, but talk about Montreal, because you went to Montreal kind of almost by yourself, really? Like, yeah, I, know, I, literally, I literally went by myself because I paid for everything. Everybody, everybody else got like a free ride there. And I, was, I still maintain to this day, I was the only person to treat it like how any comedian should. Because the other guys that I went with, they went and were like taken out by like executives. They went for lunch and stuff. And I treated it as like a fan. I would go to every single comedy gig. I would go to every single comedy lecture. I would ask questions. And it was very weird because 
we don't have any celebrity comedians inside our country, you know? So it's just like, so we don't have the opportunity to ask, yo, how did you write that gag? And there's no other like comedy nerds. So to be in a city, to be in a festival with like a thousand different people that are all comedy nerds made me feel like there's another home that comedy is possible. Because when I came back over here, no one else could answer my questions that I had. I have to answer my own questions. Well, then this uh, emergency question is quite apt. Why not then just become a house DJ? Like, is a house DJ much like a house slave from Django, or is it like, are they two different things? No, it's not a DJ that you keep in your house. Oh. Like, who the fuck would keep a DJ in their house? Like, no one's gonna. No, like, no one wants a DJ in their house. That's ridiculous. You got a DJ in your house? Yeah, like in his basement. You can, like. <laughs> I felt like it was a trap. <laughs> I felt like it's like, I want this guy's skin. Yeah, yeah. Come to my house. <laughs> no, I would never become any form of a DJ. Uh, I think, I think d- first of all, DJs have it easier com- compared to comedians. I don't care what you say. Because you only have to, hardly, like 10% of them make their own music and the other 90% like, just play other DJs' music. The, thi- the thing about DJs, the thing about DJs that, that works for me. You know what I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not taking away, away from the 10% that actually make music. Like I, if I saw David Guetta, I wouldn't go, fuck you, David Guetta, you play fucking so-and-so all the time. David, David Guetta has songs, you know? But like, if I look at like fucking name most of that, like DJ Fresh doesn't play his own music, you know? And he's fucking DJ Fresh. Man, there's three more listeners, DJ Fresh <laughs> and his whole family. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to just rattle off a list of people I should just say fuck to and then you guys yeah, know you yeah, won't do believe. that, do that. Tell, okay. tell me all the people you hate. All Yo, if that would be a long list. Yeah, we do I've not got, have I've enough time. time. Let's do this. Let's do I actually, this. I think I have a list on my phone. No, I had a... I Rather do our people that love. Yeah, <laughs> Way shorter. I had, a, I had a fight with DJ Fresh online once because he had this guy called Mal Tyron on his show. Yeah, I remember Mal Tyron. Tyron. was just taking South African comedians' jokes and then reading them yeah. in a hectically racist colored accent yeah and then I, I told DJ Fresh off and then DJ Fresh shouted back at me and then I told him off and then he shouted back at me and then all of the five of him DJs unfollowed me so that's my life I don't know why you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're upset about that because that's what like 95% of South African comedy is anyway yeah it's just a hack joke with an accent <laughs> I had in fact at one point I had done a, a gag where I'd worked out a formula of like a normal South African comedy, like if you wanted to be a, a South African comedian, I could get you to an appropriate level quick. It's X multiplied by Y equals the joke, right? X is the object multiplied by Y, which is the race. <laughs> and you, we could literally do it now. Name me an object, my darling. In, wine glass, right? Name me... Okay, we can do your eye patch or wine glass, doesn't really matter. Eye patch, and now we did a race, which is multiplied by Y. Colored race. Okay, cool. Excuse me, because I don't do a very good colored accent because I'm not racist. That's the fundamental thing I want to say. So this is a colored eye patch. Name bro. You know, it's one tough thing to miss teeth now. But when you're missing another eye with the eye patch, it's a problem. You see, you're the problem with stand-up comedy right there. <laughs> right there. You found that hilarious. So um, it's just a simple formula. I just want to insert in here that I do an amazing colored accent. <clears throat> you don't do an amazing hairstyle, I tell you that. <laughs> I told you, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm hurting already, Simi. Don't kick me when I'm down. <laughs> okay, so, so Simi, on 702, you did this thing where you went out and you, uh, 
You, you, went to, you went to go and visit Johannesburg. Kind of, was it 72 yeah. where you went to go and visit yeah. Johannesburg like tourist attractions? Yeah, and, and I went to the fucking lion you, park. Yeah, you said you love padding lions at the lion park. I did. In fact, then, it was the best thing they sent me to. And then everyone hated you. Not like, everyone. The whole not, city. No, no. Let's be very specific. <laughs> specific white people hated me. There was no person of color that hated me. Only white people that hated lions in petting zoos. They were like, oh, do you understand the fucking problems of petting lions? I didn't give a fuck because that money was paying my rent. So I was just like, I'll pet 10 more lions if you wanted me to. And I was like, I didn't care. But they were in, they were in my fucking DMs and my inbox. One lady gave me this long video to watch and I was like, bitch, I don't have data. I'm not going to watch this thing right now. This is a problem. Then they were like, they, I told one person, I was like, hey. Uh, before I care about lions, why didn't you give the land back? Because that was the quirky <laughs> comeback for white people at the moment in time, you know? And then she was like, I don't even have land. I've got a parking bay. I was like, I'll start with that and we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> parking bay for now, baby. <laughs> so, so now, let's just, just checking. So all the Muslims hate you. Hate all you. the white people hate you. Yeah. Like, how no, you? no. <laughs> there are lots of white people that love me. Look at them here. All of my friends and family. See, there we go. I'm getting big ups. It's only the white people that love lions. Maybe two people. Yeah. yeah. I, I quite like lions. Well, three. <laughs> Good. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So, here's, uh, here's another uh, very important question. Can making out with your guinea pig give you rabies? Thank you, Yahoo Questions. Can making out with your guinea pig give you rabies? First of all, I don't even know what a guinea pig looks like. <laughs> like, at all. But probably. I don't think you should kiss any form of an animal. Really? Yeah. Wow. That was a very funny answer. Thank you very much. <laughs> and it was a stupid fucking question. <laughs> okay, you want a good question? You want a yeah. good question? Have you ever done a murder? No. <laughs> everyone says no, but one day, one day, a comedian is going to say yes, and then everyone's going to listen to that podcast because he'll be like, motherfucker. No. I uh, didn't know that Joey Rustin did a murder. <laughs> I, was, I was, we were once in a fight once. Yeah. Myself and my friends during varsity and we were all kicking this guy on the floor because he threw a sucker punch at someone and then we all stopped when we heard his back go his back went and I was like alright dog gotta bounce <laughs> so what happens when you watch The Wire too much then you, you feel like you're one of the characters like I even I was like yo fuck you dog you don't know where I'm from <laughs> you guys are basically those four white guys who kicked that homeless guy to death in Pretoria aren't you like that's that's who you are. That's who you. You know, like if I you were white, you would have been. In you trouble. know, I always got this theory, right? It's like because whenever I see like a racist attack or like yeah. when it's like it's for like like white guys attacking a person of color type of thing, right? I always think that their gang names always sound weird because you know you have like the Vatikluf four. Yeah, that's like, what they were. I think you take any name and you add a number to it, you automatically come up with a racist gang. <laughs> so like the Bramfontein eight. Fuck, I'm scared. <laughs> like right now, I don't know what they're gonna do, but I know it's bad. Like the famous five. <laughs> No. The Secret Seven. <laughs> no, you have to specifically take a name. <laughs> specifically take a name. Okay. <laughs> exactly. You have to have this up. Yeah. Okay. There we right. go. Okay. Sandon Five sounds too bougie though. Sandon and Parker's, but you need to find like a place that like the Linden Eleven. Fuck, I'm done, guys. <laughs> Linden Eleven. Ah, 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 ah. Okay, finally, are you, are you circumcised? Yes. Okay, Muslim sorry. people are circumcised from like the second day of their life. Uh, no, I just, I just, I told people this would be revealing, and so far it's been shit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, semi RF, thank you very thank much. You.